Father, we give you praise and we give you thanks for your goodness and for your mercies. We bless you that you have brought us into your presence and we know that you will touch our lives and we will not be the same. Have your way in our midst, sweet Holy Spirit, and bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We give God thanks for his grace and mercy. It's a blessing to be here. We thank God for the life of Pastor Benjamin. And uh, you are doing a great work here. You are doing a great work here. So uh, press on. Hallelujah. This morning, the enemy didn't want us to come. And we set off. Somebody drove into my car. And then when we were coming to, there was so, so much traffic because of uh, another accident. But by God's grace, we are here. And I believe that you will be blessed. I came with my wonderful wife. Come for a second. My best friend for 29 years. And my wife for 21 years, almost four months now. Yeah. <laughs> the mother of my children for 15 years. My co-pastor for 10 years. Uh, marriage counselor, co-marriage counselor for so many years. It's a blessing. Just one word, quickly. Praise the Lord. We are grateful to God for the opportunity to be here, and we trust God that you'll be blessed. Thank you for having us. Amen. Amen. Right, so we give God praise. Like you said, I'm Pastor Derek. She's Pastor Sally. We pastor uh, Shine Ministries in London and also in Ghana. We also run the marriage school with Pastors Derek and Selgilia. If you go on Facebook and you type the marriage school with Pastors Derek and Selgilia, you'll find us also on YouTube, the marriage school with Pastors Derek and Selgilia. Oh, we forgot to bring you books. We have a lot of books. Uh, <laughs> I think it escaped us. We could have brought you some. That would have been a blessing. But next time, God willing. All right, so I want to share with you with the time that we have uh, activating the power of fruitfulness activating the power of fruitfulness uh when god calls us when we get saved he is not inviting us or he's not calling us to this salvation just to be you are, you have not been saved as a christian just to be a church goer just to come to church and go when you come to christ god expects something to change he wants you to bear fruit your joy your your your, your prosperity your peace, your increase, everything is in your fruitfulness. The more fruit you bear, the higher you go. The less fruit you bear, the lower you go or, or the, the, the more you remain where you are. So what is fruitfulness? It is the state of being effective, productive, successful, profitable, and prosperous in the things that matter in life. Because one thing I've seen is that some people major in the things that don't matter. Okay, so some people seek to prosper in things that don't matter, and then they, they rather fail in the things that matter. Uh, fruitfulness is the state of being effective, productive, successful, profitable, and prosperous in the things that matter in life, such as 
your walk with God, number one, your walk with God. You must aim to be fruitful in your walk with God when you become a Christian. And then your career. God brought everybody into this world to accomplish something, to do something. Nobody's here for nothing. Nobody's an accident. Everybody's here for something. You're, if you're a banker, your banking job is also a ministry. Okay? So everybody is to accomplish something. You are supposed to be successful in that area. Your marriage, God expects you to be successful in that area as well. Your health and your finances, it doesn't glorify God to be poor, to, 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 to be beggarly. It doesn't glorify God to be fighting your husband and to be fighting your wife. It doesn't glorify God to be sick. You don't use sickness to glorify God. So God expects you to be successful in this area. Why is it important to be fruitful? Why is it important to be fruitful? Uh, 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 three things. Number one, because that is the only blueprint, uh, blueprint upon which we were created. We were created with the plan. You see, if a manufacturer wants to manufacture a car, he first has the blueprint. He draws what exactly he wants to create and what it must do. And if you look at the blueprint for the creation of humanity, it is for fruitfulness. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. Genesis 1, 26 to 31. He says, then God said, let us make man in our image uh, uh, to be like us. I'm reading from the NLT. Uh, uh, to be like us, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, livestock, all the wild animals in the air, uh, on the earth, and the small animals uh, that scurry along the ground. So, verse 27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God created, uh, 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 he created them. Male and female, he created them. So there's no excuse. You cannot say because we're a woman, you are not supposed to be successful. Both men and women are supposed to be successful. Verse 28, then God blessed them. God blessed them and he said, be fruitful. That is success. Multiply. Fill the earth. Govern it. Rule over it. King James will tell you, have dominion. Be in charge. That is fruitfulness. Okay. The first word, be fruitful. Be fruitful. Okay. Be fruitful and have dominion over everything. You go to 29, it says, then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit uh, trees for food and I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, for the small animals. You go to uh, verse 31 and God looked over all that he had made and God saw that this was very good. So you were created for success. You were not created for sickness. You were not created for failure. You were not created for shame. You were not created for frustration and confusion. That is why when you are sick you are not happy that is why when you don't have money you are not happy especially the women if they don't have they don't have money they are not happy at all they ask for us men sometimes we don't care but if a woman doesn't have money she doesn't like it at all okay I don't, am i lying but all the ladies are looking at me is like how did he know because i have five sisters i'm the only boy among five sisters so i know <laughs> okay right so you were created for success now when it comes to your salvation as well it is the same it is the same because of course after creation man fell in genesis chapter 3 and then man lost that will that dominion that 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 blessing to prosper man lost it in genesis chapter 3 but when you come into salvation as well those of us who are saved if you go to john chapter 16 verse 15 it says you did not choose me but i chose you and i appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit 
I chose you and I appointed you to be fruitful. That means that the same power to be fruitful that was given to you at creation in Genesis has been restored. You are saved to now prosper, to do well, to excel, to make progress. Okay, so I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for. Okay, that is nothing missing, nothing. Everything you ask for is given to you. You get it. Okay, in John 3 16, it says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not per- uh, perish, but have the overflowing life, the everlasting life, the abundant life, the life where nothing is missing and nothing is broken. In John 10 10, it says, The thief does not come but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come, giving you salvation, that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That is a life of success and a life of fruitfulness. In 3 John 1 2, it says, that uh, beloved I wish above all things that you will prosper and be in good health even as your soul is prospering I wish above all above all in all the things I'm praying for you and really praying for you that you will be successful you will be fruitful you will abound it will be well with you that is God's will for you okay and the uh, second reason why you must be fruitful and successful is that it brings glory to God like I said poverty doesn't glorify God Sickness doesn't glorify God. Marital troubles don't glorify God. Frustrations in life don't glorify God. It doesn't glorify God. It doesn't. In John 15, 8. John chapter 15, verse 8. It says, when you produce much fruit, when you produce much fruit, when you do well, and you produce much fruit, then you are truly my disciples. Which means that salvation is actually, when you come to Christ, salvation is supposed to make you bear fruit. And one of the proofs that you are actually a Christian is that you are producing much fruit. You are doing well. You are abounding. When you produce much fruit, then you are my disciples indeed. Okay? And this brings glory. It brings great glory to my Father. So your well-being, your fruitfulness brings glory to God our Father. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, it says you are the light of the world. You as a Christian, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Everybody's looking for God through you. You cannot be hidden. You can't be hiding. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on its stand its rightful place, its place of success, its place of glory and it gives light to the whole house. So when people are in trouble you are the one they should come and look to. They should come and copy your marriage. They should come and copy your excellence at work. They should come and copy your, your how you manage your finances. How you are never in debt. How you are doing well. How you always have peace. How your health is always in a good state. The world should come and copy from you. When they are troubled, they should come and ask you, how do you do it? How do you do it? Then you tell them, it is the law that I have. And then you will draw them to God. Okay? You will draw them to God. In the same way, let your light shine before the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds. They may see you doing well in every way. In every way. Your character, your, 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 your behavior, your excellence, your success. They may look at all these things and they will give glory to God. Your Father in heaven. Nobody will come and look at your sickness and give glory to God. Nobody will come and look at your failure and give glory to God. Nobody come and see you holding your husband's neck and give glory to God. Okay? So, you have to aim to succeed. For, if not for yourself, for God. For God. 
And number three, reason why you must be fruitful is that unfruitfulness always leads to further destruction. When you fail to bear fruit, when you fail to succeed, you rather will go down and down and down in life. Okay? Doing good begets doing good. And doing bad begets doing bad. So never accept negativity in your life. In John 15, 1 and 2, John chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, Jesus says, I am the true vine or the grapevine. I'm trying to read in NLT, but my brain works in, in King James. Okay. So <laughs> I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. If you are not doing well, if you are not succeeding, if you are not bearing fruit, he cuts you off. He cuts off every branch that does not produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. So when you are doing well, God breathes more on you. God cuts certain things that disturb you so that you can bear more fruit. But when you position yourself in a life where you are just not bearing fruit, you are just dead. He says, move, 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 move. You are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are taking space. In Luke 13, 6 to 7. Luke chapter 13, verse 6 to 7. He says, then Jesus told this story. He says, a man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to the gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig cut it down. It is dangerous to be unfruitful in life. In your Christian world, it is dangerous that you get saved and one year, two years, three years, you are still at the same level. You don't know scripture. Your character is not changing. You are not becoming more godly. It is dangerous. It's most likely you drop back into the world. You go back into the world. If you don't go deeper into God, you end up going back to Satan. Cut it off because it is taking up space in the garden. Right. So because of time, I'm trying to compress things a little. How can we activate the power of fruitfulness? How can we activate the power of fruitfulness? I'll share four things with you and I'll be done. How can we activate the power of fruitfulness? Number one, make sure that your salvation is real. You know, sometimes people get invited to church People get born into church. People grow up in Christian countries. People are baptized as babies. And they grow up and they think they are Christians. <laughs> you are not. That they gave you a Christian name. That you grew up following your parents to church. Doesn't make you a Christian. Have you come to the point where you have acknowledged your sins. And acknowledged that you need a savior. And you have come humbly to the cross repenting of your sins and saying Lord Jesus I acknowledge that I am a sinner I need a savior my sins will take me to hell but your salvation will take me to heaven have mercy upon me and save me from today I choose to drop my will and take your will I choose to follow you and obey you all the days of my life then you have become a Christian if you have not come to that point you are not a Christian for you to become really fruitful and to experience all these glorious things that God has for you, you have to be genuinely born again. You have to be born again. Make sure your salvation is real. In John 15, 3, John 15, 3, it says, 
you have already been pruned and purified by the word that I have given by the message that I have given when you come to Christ genuinely the word that brings you salvation it cuts off all the things that should destroy you when you come to Christ genuinely you will throw off the things of the world I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back and so the things I used to do I do them no more the things I used to do I do them no more the things I used to say the things I used to drink I drink them no more there's been a great change since I met God there's got to be a genuine transformation you must have an encounter with Jesus a real encounter with Jesus in in John 1 verse 12 in the King James it says but as many as received him to them he gave the power to become the sons of God so you could be in church and not have the power to be a son of God you see, when you have the power to be a son of God, now you are able to uh, 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 manifest the things of God. God cannot be sick. God cannot be poor. God cannot fail. God cannot be destroyed. But you first must have that sonship. You must first come to him in salvation and then you are given the power to become the son of God. The son of a dog is a dog. The son of a snake is a snake. So when you are given the power to now become the son of God, now the power of God resides in you and you are able to walk in dominion. You are able to command things. You are able to resist the devil and he will flee from you. And then you are able to succeed and have fruitfulness. Hallelujah. This one, you may not, uh, uh, the, uh, you people may not have the scriptures that are sent earlier. You, it's not in it. But look, 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 uh, uh, 13.3. It says, not at all. And you will perish too. Unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. Until a person comes to a genuine salvation in Christ. He can never manifest those glories. You see there are people who are not saved, unbelievers. And they, they seem to be doing well in movies, in music, in all these places, business, whatever. And you think, oh, they are successful. That success is shallow. When they go through the storm, they start killing themselves. They start killing each other, divorcing, messing up. Because it is shallow success. The only success that is stable is the one that comes from God. He says the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he adds no sorrow. It is stable. Whatsoever the Lord doeth, it shall be forever. If God does it, you can count on it. Hallelujah. If God does it, you can count on it. The next thing to activate the power of fruitfulness is to grow in the word of God. Grow in the word of God. You've got to become addicted to scriptures. You, become, you have to become a word addict. It's amazing that you meet somebody who says, I've been a Christian for 10 years and they cannot quote 10 scriptures. That is memorizing one scripture per year. They can't. And you are surprised why you're always arguing with your husband. Why your wife does not respect you. Why your finances are not going well. There is power in the word of God. The word of God is not just written text. There is power in it. He said the entrance of your word, it gives light and it gives understanding.
do the simple. When you take in the word, something changes in you. You must know the word, beloved. Study the word. Commit yourself to Bible reading, to Bible study, to listening to preaching, to church attendance, to reading books, movies, anything that will augment the word. Get it. You must become a word addict because your success depends on it. Your success in Christ in every way depends on the word. In John 15, 4 to 6. John chapter 15, verse 4 to 6. It says, remain in me. Remain in me. He's in heaven. You are here. How can you remain in him? By remaining in the word. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Make time to study the word and God will enter you. God will stay in you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Because a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. If you are not connected, if you are not taking the word in every day, you cannot produce the kind of fruit that is supposed to be produced by kingdom people, by Christians. You can't. It is the word that does it. It's not you. The word is the seed. It is the word planted in your heart that bears fruit. David said, I have hidden your word in my heart so I will not sin against you. We know the wages of sin is death. So when you hide the word in your heart and it stops you from sinning, that means death and all its cousins don't come to you. You are preserved. It says your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So when you have the word, now you don't make wrong, you don't take wrong steps and you don't go on the wrong path because you have light. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. You cannot succeed. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in the word. Verse 5. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. On every side, in every way. They will produce much fruit. It is not you producing the fruit. There's a scripture that says that for it is God at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So it's not you doing the good that brings the blessing. There is something inside of you. You see, when a person drinks alcohol and, and they start staggering, it's not them that is staggering. There is something inside of them that is controlling the staggering, okay? So the same thing, when you hide the word inside, the word will drive you. It will control you. It will move you into holiness, righteousness, loving your wife, submitting to your husband, being faithful at work. It will be natural because the word will be doing it through you. The word will be doing it through you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and it withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burnt. And it pains me. There are many Christians who find themselves in that place. Gathered into a pile to be burnt. They are worthless. They are useless. They go to church, but they only go to church to cause problems. If you are a pastor, I'm a pastor. I pastor multiple churches. When you have those people in your church, you suffer. You suffer. You suffer. Sleepless nights. You suffer. Every time you hear one thing, you see one thing, you suffer. Please, lighten the burden on your pastor by knowing the way and allowing the way to work in you. 
in first peter chapter 2 verse 2 it says like newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the way so that you grow by it the nlt the nlt puts it in a beautiful way in first peter 2 2 it says like newborn babies you must crave pure spiritual milk which is the word of god so that you will grow into a full experience of the salvation. That means that there is something powerful in salvation that many Christians don't experience it because they don't get the milk. They don't get the way. And the NLT, it goes in further. It says, it says oh, I wish I were in my church. I was going to say, let's read the final uh, thing, uh, phrase together. It says, cry out for this nourishment. Be desperate to know the way. Be desperate to know the way. That's why Satan will do everything to make sure you don't read your Bible. That's why you can be on social media for one hour. You never feel sleepy. The moment you pick your Bible. Yeah. Because Satan knows there is power. Once you connect with that word, you are succeeding. You are succeeding. Number three. Learn to speak like God. But you see, you cannot speak like God until the word of God has filled your heart. When you are operating on Windows 95, you can never manifest anything like Windows 11. Okay? When you are using a a, a Voxel Corsa engine, you can't run on an airfield and take off. The engine is too small. There's not enough power. <laughs> Volkswagen has 1.0. Eh? Some is even less than 1.0. Yeah, and go look at the, the, the GE 900 or whatever engines that they put on the Airbus A350s and things and see if, if you can't take off. <laughs> you can't take off. Success and, 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 and victory comes from the way God speaks. You see, when you go to Genesis chapter 1, for example, you don't need to go there. God is creating. Let there be light. He just calls it into being. Let there be. You see, one reason why many Christians don't succeed, in most of their prayers, they are begging. Oh God, do this for me. Oh Lord, this. You don't, you don't, you, you don't. Look throughout Jesus, and we are supposed to copy Jesus. Okay, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Look at all the things that Jesus did. In all the prayers that Jesus prayed, which of them was he begging? Apart from the one that he was going to the cross, I said, if it be, let this thing pass me by, but not my will. All the people he healed, which one? Oh God, will you heal this person for me? How, how did Show me, give me the scripture. All the blind people, did, give me a scripture where Jesus said, Lord, please, if it's your will, could you heal this blind person? Let it be unto you according to your faith. Be healed. Daughter, rise. Your faith has made you whole. Do you believe I can do it? Okay, go. It's done. Will you be healed of your sickness? I have been here for 38 years. Okay, rise. Take up your mat and go. You've got to get to that level when your daughter is trying convulsing in the middle of the night. Hey, God! Hey, help me! Help me! Help. You don't manifest success like that. You command that thing to stop. But you can't do that unless the word has filled you and saturated you so much so that you are not speaking the way normal human beings speak, but you are speaking the way God speaks. Jesus and the disciples were walking on, I mean they were 
Jesus was not with them actually. No, no, this time he was with them. <laughs> they were in a boat. He was down there asleep. There was a storm. Peter comes. Pastor, pastor, we are dying. We are dying. Don't you tell them we are perishing. Jesus gets up. Peace. Be still. Why were you afraid? Where is your faith? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you put so much of the word inside of you, you command things. When the storms come, and look, storms will come in this world. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. Trouble comes to all of us. But the difference between those who fail and those who succeed is in how you manage it. Whilst Peter is saying, we are perishing, we are perishing. Jesus is saying, peace, be still. And for you to become fruitful and successful, you have to learn to speak like God. You have to learn to speak like Jesus. Jesus never begged any demon. Jesus never negotiated. So you shouldn't live the life of negotiation. But this world, when we are born, we are brought up in a, in a system that makes you know that you are, you are a victim. You are a failure. And you always have to beg to, 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 to do things. And we bring it into Christianity. And we pray sad, faithless prayers. Lord, if it is your will, let me get the job. Do you really want the job? When he says that, I alone know the thoughts I think towards you. They are thoughts of peace and not of evil. And to bring you to the expected end. I wish above all things that you prosper. You are thinking if it is your will. What again is his will? His will is that the best happens to you. That it be well with you. That you do well. That is his will. So don't go asking him for his will again. His will is in the word. If you read the word, you will know what his will is. Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you train your tongue to speak life, you will have life. If you train your tongue to speak beauty in your marriage, you will have a sweet marriage. We've been married for 21 years and it's like we just met. Yeah. We have a very sweet marriage after 21 years. I'm not lying to you. We are still like, it's still like we are dating. Yeah. And you've been married for five years. You can't, you can't see eye to eye in the house. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then the love we shall eat the fruit thereof. How you organize your tongue determines the type of life you are going to have. If your life speaks death, negativity, impossibility, failure, shame, trouble. There are some people. All you need to do is to ask them, how are you? Hmm, it's not easy at all. Oh. We are suffering. Oh. And this is like that. Oh. So shall it be unto you. Your tongue is a prophetic tool. Everything that comes out of it, you are declaring what should happen to you tomorrow. God doesn't talk defeat. He calls it being. If he said that the things that be not, he calls them as though they were. Calls them in. Calls them in. Calls them in. Through faith we understand that, that the things that are do not just come from the things that are, but they come from the unseen world. And with your tongue, you call them from the unseen world and they manifest in the physical. From today, you are going to say you have the best husband. And this thing, 
changing your tongue is going to be so in prayer and also in your day-to-day living. There are people who go and pray and command, I decree and declare, I decree and declare. And then when you meet them physically, they are still talking the opposite of what they pray. Everything you pray, you must also speak what you pray. Speak like God, John 15, 7. But if you remain in me, ta-da! If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you will ask anything you want and it will be granted. You will not beg for it. You will ask, you will command it, you will call it, and it will be granted. Sometimes it may not be instantly, but it will happen. So far as you don't change your tongue, and you keep at it, it will happen. It will happen. Joshua 1.8 Keep this book of the law always on your Your NIV says on your mouth. Mine says on on your lips. Hey. Okay. (laughs) This book. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. I thought you become a word addict. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do all that is written in it. You know what? People do what they know. You see the way I'm talking. I wish I could talk like a British. But I was not programmed that way from the beginning. I was programmed in the back streets of Africa. Okay? So the program is working. I can't speak like British. If I try to do it, I'll become annoying to you. If I start doing any, any. Okay? So, your obedience to the word of God, walking in holiness, walking in love, walking in joy, walking in purity, bearing all the fruit of the spirit. Mm? Bearing the fruit of the spirit. It is not you who will do it. It is what is inside of you that does it. So, you keep the book of the law. You meditate on it day and night. You, you, you memorize the word. And the word will change the way you speak. It's not you who will change the way you speak. It's the word that... You see that when you start working with, with, with street people who are always doing effing, 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 within two months, you also start talking like that. When you start watching all those things that they are swearing, swearing, very soon you also start swearing. So when you start working with the word and you focus on the word over and over and over, very soon you start speaking like the word. It manifests naturally. It's unconscious. It says that he that walks with the wise shall become wise. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. When you walk with the word, you will become, you will speak the word. And you will naturally do what the word says. Hey, that's that. I can't ask for me. Fornication is my problem. You have not put enough word inside you. If you put enough of word inside you, it says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. If there is enough word inside of you, it will drive the spirit of, of, of sexual immorality out of you. Get the word in. It will drive the spirit of drinking. It will drive the spirit of gossip out of you. You will become holy naturally without struggle because you are operating on on Windows righteousness, Windows word of God. You may be careful to do everything that is in it. Then, then what will happen? Let's do it together. Then, you will be prosperous 
and successful. Get the word. Get the, tell your neighbor the word. The word. Get the word. Get the word. Get the word. Let the word change your tongue and let it change your behavior, and you will be successful. Mark 11 22 to 24. Mark 11 22 to 24. He said, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Do what? Have faith in God. How does faith come? Romans 10 17. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Jesus says, uh, Jesus says, have faith in God, which means that know the word and faith will come. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, whether it is the mountain of barrenness, whether it is the mountain of sickness, whether it's the mountain of financial struggles, whether it's the mountain of uh, marital struggles, whatever it is, when you have developed enough faith, you will speak to that mountain and you will not beg, oh Lord, no, you know my blood, Lord, have mercy upon me. That is not how we break through. You speak to the problem. You don't beg God about the problem. You speak to the problem. But for you to be able to speak to the problem, you must come from a place of authority. He said that he who comes from above is above all. But if you come from beneath, you will be begging. So you get the wedding, you will speak to this mountain. May you be lifted up and be thrown into the sea. Get out of my life. And what did Jesus say? It will happen. We don't see enough signs and wonders. We don't get enough testimonies because we don't have enough of the word. Just pick any random Christian. They cannot back to back go to 10 scriptures, 20 scriptures. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. That's why there's no power in the church. We don't know the word. But once again, you must really believe. That means your faith must be spot on. Not, I believe. I believe. No, no, no. You see that, that boy's father. Lord, I believe by help my own belief. That's when many Christians are, I believe by help my own belief. That one, unless Jesus himself helps your own belief, it won't work. That's where we go begging. But you need to have the kind of faith where you, you are not asking for help by your own belief. How can you believe and still ask for help for your own belief? <laughs> You must really believe. Don't pay lip service to faith. Have faith. Have it so much in your heart that you don't struggle. You let, let me tell you something. I know, I know my time is almost up. But when we got married, for five years, we were not having children. We were not having children. My wife was desperate. I was not bothered once. There was no one day I asked, so what are we going to do with it? I knew. He was called his faithful. God has not brought me here. We didn't have children. Five years. Then, in the fifth year, she conceived. And I think two months into the pregnancy, it's, it's, a, it's a long story. The doctors told us we will never have children. They did all sorts of tests and scans. They said, no, you cannot have children. But we will try and put you on IVF. And we'll see. That one, we still can't promise, but we'll see. Because it's your right. And we were on the list. And they said that you'll be on the list for two years. Before the, the, the moment they put us on the list, within months, my wife got pregnant. And I was there. They said, We can't have children. So I was asleep one morning. She came. I'm pregnant. I said, What? Because you, you know, women, she had every equipment. The bedroom had been turned into a chemistry lab, physics lab. She had everything. Things you have to check ovulation. I will be at work. And she called, I'm ovulating. Come, come, come. come. 
Then I was sleeping one morning. When she woke me, I said, I'm pregnant. I said, What do you mean? They said, We can't get just they said, I'm pregnant. Look. I said, Maybe your your test thing is not good, maybe because you had it for long. So we went out straight away. Went to one shop. She we bought one. She went to the toilet. She checked positive. Went to a different shop. Maybe this one has expired. Went to a different shop. So three shops. Then it worked. And the doctors told us that even if she gets pregnant by accident, we should come for them to remove it because it become ectopic. So immediately we rushed to Queen Queen Mary's Hospital. And then they checked themselves. Okay, let's give it another two weeks. Come again, we check. We went another two weeks. They say, well, it's not in a dangerous place. Come another two weeks. Another two weeks, another two weeks. They say, it has descended into the womb. Boom! Descended into the womb. Two months, we were at a program. My wife calls me out. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. Oh, she was bleeding. I had to rush her straight to the hospital. That was Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> so we got to the hospital. One midwife met me there. Oh, what is happening? Oh, she's oh, you have lost that pregnancy in front of everybody. I don't know what he, that's why I said know the word. You see, when you saturate yourself in the word, eh, Satan will build up in you. When you need it, you behave like a madman. In the presence of everyone, I said, we have not lost the child. I was I said, we have not lost the child. God told me you would give me the son. God never said we will lose the child. We have not lost the child. I need an expert. What do you mean? What do you know? I'm a midwife. I'm telling you, you've lost the baby. Instead of, I said, we have not lost the child. I need a second opinion. So they brought in the gynecologist, took her into exam room. They checked. The gynecologist does the examination and he looks at me and said, I don't understand what is happening here. I can see the bleeding, but the womb is still closed. As I'm coming, that boy is playing keyboard at church. You have not saturated yourself with the word. When you meet things like this, what they told you, you have lost the baby, you put your hand on your head. Because you don't know where you move by the, 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 the things of this world. But those who are full of the word, they move on a different frequency. They move on a different frequency. But you must really believe it. And not have any doubt in your heart. Not have any doubt in your heart. Do you know that doubting God is a sin? That's why David said, I have hid your word in my heart that I will not sin against you. The sin he's talking about is not only stealing and fornication, it is also doubting God. If you hide the word in your heart so much, you cannot doubt God again. You can't doubt God. You will know that He is faithful. You can't doubt Him came to promise somebody whatever God has promised you from today start consuming the word and you will see miracles you will see a turn around things that have delayed for years get the word get the wedding this will begin to manifest naturally for you not the way I tell you you can pray for anything if you believe that you will receive it, it will be yours. But for you to believe it, the word must saturate your heart. People know the word. Finally, walk in love. Faith 
works by love. No matter how much of the word you have, if you don't allow it to produce love in you, that faith is fake. Because God is love. And God is the word. In John 1. Okay? So, when you have the word in you, you must naturally have so much love in you. There is a vitamin that is it vitamin D3 or something. They say that you, when you are taking it, it, you must take it with some oil, some oil in it. So they put it in a capsule and there's some oil inside of it. I don't, I don't quote me on that. I've forgotten the actual vitamin. Okay, so that oil helps the vitamin to work well when you take it in. Okay? In the same way, faith, the faith, eh? It, there's an oil that the faith operates in. And it is called love. The ability to forgive when people sin against you. The ability to overlook evil. The ability to, to, to accommodate the weaknesses and the faults of the people around you. Not being judgmental and being... Uh, 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 uh. Oh, there's a word I'm looking for. Just learning to walk in love. It produces faith makes miracles happen. John 15, 9-12. John 15, 9-12. Jesus says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. You too, what must you do? Remain in my love. Remain in my love. Walk in love. Walk in love. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my father's commandments and I remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. So that you will be successful. You will be fruitful. It's only good things that bring joy. You will be filled with joy. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. But first... Verse 12, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Love your sister. Love your brother. Love your husband. Love your wife in the same way I have loved you. The same way I have loved you. Mark eleven twenty-five. 25. That is just a continuation from what Jesus said, if you speak to this mountain and you believe it will happen. He says that however, let's read this one together. But, when you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Otherwise, your faith will not work. One thing that kills the battery of faith is bitterness, unforgiveness. Not walking like being selfish, being greedy, not loving people, not loving people. Galatians 5 6. I think I already mentioned it along the line. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or uncircumcised. What is important is faith that expresses itself in love. 
your faith will not go again. You will not see that victory and that success you are looking for if you don't have love. You have to learn to develop love. One key thing, before you even want God, before you even want to say, God, increase my faith. First, Lord, teach me how to love. Get the love foundation first and build your faith on love. And you'll see things change in life. And you become, you just enjoy life. God created you to enjoy it. And it will happen. God bless you. Let's rise up.